Hello, friend and colleague. It's Nikki from Full Voice Music. On our show this week, episode 182, I am talking to Elisa Bellflower and Karen Brunson from Nats, and we are talking about the National Student Auditions, specifically the new ages and categories that are available to teachers and singers. So many great opportunities right here on the Full Voice Podcast. Hello. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, my friend and colleague. I'm so glad you are here. I have wonderful new information to share with you. I'm so excited. I have two incredible guests. And before I bring them on the show, I just want to say hello to all my friends worldwide. I hope you are keeping well. I hope you have survived or will be surviving your upcoming recitals and performances and exams. And today I want to talk to you about another opportunity for your students. If you are a member of the National Association of Teachers of Singing, or if you are thinking about becoming a member of NATS and After this episode, you are probably going to want to become a member of the National Association of Teachers of Singing. Uh, We are talking about their new uh, categories in the National Student Auditions. Uh, Finding safe places for students to perform, to get feedback, to support each other, to learn new things uh, is an important part of every studio. We want to give our students uh, positive and helpful goals to work towards. And of course, performing is one of them. Well, I have two wonderful friends and colleagues from Nats, and I have been so pleased to sit on the um, the uh, committee uh, in regards to the new children and youth categories for the student auditions. And it has been delightful. I have met so many wonderful people. Of course, my good friend and colleague, Dana Lentini is on that uh, board as well. And I've met some new friends and colleagues. And it has been a wonderful experience to talk about how we can support and nurture young voices. So without any further ado, I'm going to welcome my guests onto the show. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast. I have two incredible guests today. First, Karen Brunson and Elisa Bellflower. Welcome to the show. It's so lovely to have you both. Thank you, Nikki. It's wonderful to be here today. Hello, great to be here. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, Now, I do want to say, I usually, when we talk anything about the National Association of Teachers of Singing, I'm I'm very fortunate because Alan Henderson is always willing to be here. But I have to say, it's lovely to have the two of you and to have some new faces and new voices. Um, I want to give both of you an opportunity to introduce yourselves. Uh, You both have served NATS for years in many different um, uh, uh, facilities and 
I just want to give everybody an opportunity to uh, get to know more about you and how you have been working within the Nats organization. So I'm going to start with our past president, Karen. Karen, just just give my listeners a little background. Okay, um, so I'm Karen Brunson, and I'm a mezzo-soprano. I went to Luther College, and then I went to uh, Yale School of Music for a little while, got some other credits at Kent State, and um, I've just followed my love of singing since I was a little girl, and I think this is, as we're talking about children and youth, that's where I go back to, that it was a happy, happy thing to be involved in singing as a kid. And not, and I'm not talking about formal singing. I'm talking about my ukulele and my guitar and me. And that's what got me singing. And that's something, a, a spirit that I want to see um, embedded in our children and our youth going forward. And Nats has been broadening their perspective for a long time. Now, for myself, when I was in college, uh, that was a real typical thing in college to then go to the Nats auditions. So I did. I got first place twice, and I got second place once, and I got nothing another time. And it was all the camaraderie, the networking, the hearing songs that you wanted to learn, experiencing everybody getting ready for the auditions and doing the auditions and being disappointed, being happy, being in, happy for your friends. Um, it was all alive and well then, but it was very limited to a smaller population. And so Nats, um, I have been a chapter president in Chicago, and I then was a governor for the central region, and then eventually became president-elect, which is a six-year cycle where you're, you're um, president-elect, then you're president, and then you're past president. Now I'm past, past, past president, and even now I'm staying involved, which I'm so happy to be doing. I'm co-chair of the Advancement Committee, which is about raising extra funds for um, our Nats ideas and stuff, and that's going extremely well. And then also being on committees such as um, this, which is sort of a subcommittee of the National Student Auditions. And this is because we are widening who we're going to include, and that's part of our strategic plan is inclusion, um, but it also includes all the ages now. And I am thrilled to see that happen. It is a personal interest of mine because of my wonderful upbringing through music and that has been with me my entire life. And so now we have um, we've broadened everything to different styles as well, which makes complete sense to me since I was the Peter, Paul and Mary and the Simon Garfunkel kind of era and I loved that music as much as I loved my first choral experiences and then eventually singing solos and doing uh, Mother Abbas in Sound of Music and then on to doing some opera and and lot. And I, I did a lot of concert and oratorio in my professional life. And now I teach at Northwestern University and I'm co-chair of music performance there. And uh, I love teaching. I have no plans to retire ever. And... Um, <laughs> So that's that's who I am. I also wrote a book, which my mother encouraged me to do, 
because I was trying to find out, you know, where's all the information about how your voice changes from the moment you're born until you're old. And there was nothing. And so I was complaining to my mother about that. And she said, well, maybe you're the one who's supposed to write that. And I had been doing uh, presentations for ACDA, Chorus America, Nats. Uh, and I would play different ages of the voice, sometimes my own, sometimes my son when he was three, when he was 16, when he was 28, you know, just showing how the voice is still yours, but it changes constantly. And that is such a miraculous thing. And so it made total sense when it finally came up quite recently to add children and youth categories to our national student auditions for Nats, that this is a reality now. Here in 2023, it's gonna begin in the fall. And that's what we're here to talk about. So welcome all you children and youth to all of this and all of you teachers who teach them. Oh, Karen, my heart. I've got goosebumps. You are so <laughs> inspiring. Now, Karen is talking about uh, the evolving singing voice changes across the lifespan. And I love that book. I agree with you. It is, I think it needs to be on every voice teacher's shelf and part of uh, curriculums. It really is something how the vocal instrument just changes and, and the journey that we all go through. And I really appreciate your work with that. And that's actually how you and I met when you were researching that book. Mm -hmm. We had a conversation and it was just so lovely. Um, oh, Elisa, you have to, that's, that's quite the, uh, quite the follow-up you're going to have to provide, but, um, your story is just as exciting and, and inspired. So I'm going to give, um, Elisa a, a chance to, uh, to let everybody know how she is involved in the uh, in the Nats programs. Well, I have filled a lot of offices and served on many committees um, for Nats over the years at the state, regional, and um, national level. Currently, I am the national vice president for auditions which means my job is to coordinate the auditions for students as well as young professionals. Um, but today we're talking about student auditions. Um, my relationship with singing has been lifelong. I grew up in two families of people who treasured singing in particular. My grandfather was a semi-professional bass in a gospel quartet. And so I got to hear a lot of his singing growing up, and it always made me feel like something was sparkling inside of me every time he would sing. And um, I just loved singing more than any other kind of music, and it felt so personal. And um, this is kind of a spiritual kind of thing, but I feel like sometimes when I'm listening to people sing, like I can hear their souls and their truest, most authentic identities. And it is just a special honor and a privilege to hear somebody sing and to offer your voice to someone else. And that has been the love of my life that has endured since as long as I can remember. I've taught at um, universities in the Midwest, around the Great Lakes um, and on the East Coast, and I've taught in England and in um, France. But 
Um, I have been for the last few decades in Nebraska, working for the University of Nebraska on their voice faculty and also on their faculty that teaches stage skills for singers on both the recital and concert and also um, theatrical and operatic stages. And so that's been a very, very fulfilling um, job for me that brings me a lot of joy and has produced some wonderful results. Um, and so I think that I have a very different relationship to Nats than Karen did because my professors were not Nats members. And I didn't find out about Nats until I was in my first full-time university job and all the other vast voice faculty members were Nats members and said, you know, don't you want to join us? And, <laughs> and I was like, well, I think I would love to. What a wonderful organization. And ever since I began, I have really treasured the value that Nats brings to teachers and their students. And I feel like the student auditions in particular offer something very unique. Um, most singers are going to perform at some time, if not go into auditioning um, to get into a studio, to get into a university, to get into a featured choir at their school. Um, even if you just sing avocationally, there are auditioning skills when you when you interview for a job. And and so Nats. National student auditions have been a passion of mine because there are very few places where you can go and sing, and no matter how you do, there are no negative results. You don't lose a job. You don't lose a spot in that choir you were auditioning for. You don't lose a role in an opera or a musical theater, and you learn who you are in that strange room singing for people typically that you don't know, um, as well as your family and friends who might come and watch you. Um, and it's, it's, it's a different skill to know how to bring something that is authentically you and share what you have in an unselfconscious way that is so generous and also equally vulnerable. So when you're working with your teacher, you become familiar with your teacher to a certain degree, and then that allows you to lower that vulnerability quotient a little bit. And so I have found that these auditions are so valuable to my students. They also teach resilience, which is so important to growing and maturing children to adults, even. Um, the idea that you cannot do your best and then determine, decide for yourself, okay, next time I'm going to do this differently. And I I feel like the Nats auditions are the perfect place to develop that. And there's also the benefit of getting feedback and comments from other teachers, usually three other teachers, who give you ideas about what they think maybe you could try that might be interesting if your teacher agrees, and also what they really enjoyed and see that you're doing well and really appreciate. And it's just nice to have those comments from other professional teachers that maybe there's something you've been focusing on and, oh, I, I really, you know, maybe I want to work on that with this student now. 
sounds like a good time. Or, you know, sometimes you can say to the student, this is something we're going to work on in a few months, you know, and you can share the comments with the students so that they hear that their gifts are being appreciated as well. Um, one of our focuses for our comments is that they're constructive and enthusiastic and rewarding to a, in a degree for the students to get somebody to say, yes, you have talent at this and you're doing this very well. And that's exciting for a student and very encouraging and motivating. Also, I find that having something to work toward is very motivating to the students. And so my philosophy is you can only compete with yourself and your job, your job is to be better than the last time you did this. And that is a very healthy mode. And it's a mode I've used for myself my entire career. You know, the next French diction class I teach is going to be better than the last one. The next, you, you know, the next coloratura aria that I teach, you know, I'm going to do even a better job. And it has made me never burn out. And it's made me very excited to go to work every day. Oh, that's least... wonderful. I want to just add that another good thing about these auditions is that in order to do them, you're singing, you're doing music, which is a language, you know, and it's a universal language that doesn't necessarily have to have words to it, but it's in every language that you can do music, you know, and so that's a broadening there too. Uh, even in our um, some of our our comments that we make that all repertoire needs to be um, appropriate and go ahead and try languages other than English. And so I love that about what we're doing here and introducing that to children and youth is really a good thing. I I want to th thank you both of you for all that inspiring. I'm just I'm sitting here with goose goosebumps. Um, I want to circle back to what Elisa uh, uh, said because um, I think that's one of the biggest teacher takeaways is letting and teaching our students that they are competing against themselves and it really is about you know, how you did in that moment. Um, because I know as, as a teacher that put students into competitions, you know, often you get the compare and despair or, you know, whether it was the, the student or the parents that were disappointed with the results. And there was always that teaching moment afterwards of, you know, what did you learn? You know, what What other songs would you like to learn? Alisa, thank you for bringing that up. I think that's a huge teacher takeaway. It's so important that our, our students come out of that with with a positive experience. And, and whether it's not the placing or, or the winning and losing, it's about sharing. And I also love what you said about being generous with your voice and sharing your voice. I love I'm that that's beautiful language. I'm stealing that. <laughs> it's all yours. <laughs> now, um for for potential um Nats members or for somebody who isn't in the organization, can we just do an overview of the national student auditions um because there there are a lot of different levels and um, maybe just a little overview of the programs in general, and then we're going to dive into the the youth, child and youth categories. So, Nats has been doing auditions, student auditions for decades, um, and as they have continued 
annually from year to year, um, we have made improvements. We have a cycle where we try to review and make an improvements in national student auditions every two years. And those improvements are brought about with consultation um, with the teachers who are experts in the area we're seeking improvement. And also with um, a board which reviews improvements that we suggest and ask questions about them. Nothing is done cavalierly in NAT student auditions. There's a lot of research, a lot of consultation, a lot more thought about changes than I thought before I was working at the national level Um, because you aren't there in those, oh my goodness, when we were reviewing the rubrics of what adjudicators could respond to and listening to somebody saying, we had meetings that were three hours long, once a week for months you know, just discussing the ins and outs of what would produce growth that's our goal. And I, I think that our latest strategic effort is to include all vocal music as art music so that any one genre or type of music is not priced more highly than another. And to do that, we are opening up categories in new styles of singing. And we're also opening up categories in terms of every age of student. Some of the things that have changed in the last few years have been what we call the categories. Uh, So now we have TBB, uh, which is tenor, bass, baritone. And so they're not gender specific. And then we have treble for the voices that sing in the treble clef, for instance. And so that was a huge change that happened also. And now, um, Elisa, you can talk more about the new um, category of commercial music. So um, we will have a number of categories for different ages is one of the specifications that determines your category, as well as your level of training. And then um, for older students, their voice type. Um, And so for younger students, we consider them within an umbrella range of voice types. So Um, When we talk about children's categories, they would be students below sixth grade in school or the equivalent if they're homeschooling. And we're thinking that's roughly ages 11 and under. Then their youth categories were for students aged approximately 11 to 14 years old. And those would be the students in sixth to eighth grade, what is known in the United States as middle school grades. Um, And we did those age divisions because of the general areas in time when voices make a lot of physical changes. I think that the styles of singing categories that you can enter into is determined by the repertoire you're singing. So you could do classical, which for children and Youth categories could be folk songs we, or any kind of singing that is of classical kind of oriented repertoire, but there's a wide open boundary for what that could include. It can include Christmas carols, you know, or any kind of song that they might be working on with their teacher. 
Um, then there is a category for commercial music, which would be singing music in any of the popular styles, including folk and um, bluegrass and jazz and rock and roll and any kind of genre that you could name within that. But we do separate musical theater into its own category because more so than any of those other contemporary commercial styles or even traditional commercial styles is the idea that in musical theater, there's a balance of acting and singing that have to integrate in musical theater performance. And then there are um, categories in for older students um, doing American Negro spirituals, which is a classical art form. And the prizes for that category were donated by um, several people who really want to perpetuate that music as art music. And so there is that range of repertoire. So if you are teaching children and youth age students, no matter what repertoire you're working on, including, you know, a religious music, is welcome in one of these categories to share at your local, local Nats event. And even some, some people who have um, geographic challenges have online auditions. So you don't have to travel, you know, miles and miles and miles across a large state to get to the local auditions. And it's, our goal is to make this available to anybody in any circumstance. But you do have to be an ATS member. And that's one of the things that has changed over the years, it used to be quite a challenge to become a NATS member. You had to have letters of recommendation and certain degrees and, you know, evidence of having been a successful teacher. And we've had a change of mind about that. It's fairly easy to become a NATS member. You just visit NATS.org. And there's a site for membership and you can choose your level of membership and complete it in just a few minutes. It doesn't take very long at all. And then you'll get a response from the National NAT staff about how to complete your membership. And I think that that has been motivated by our goal to bring every teacher that is interested into the fold without having a barrier to keep them that they have to jump a wall to get into it. It's very easy to become a Nats member, but, and it is open to accompanist, um, collaborative pianist. It's open to people who work vocally in the medical field, as well as voice teachers and vocal coaches as well. And composers. Yes, composers as well. And there's a, a dearth of new music, as Nikki knows, for children repertoire. And uh, Nikki, you've been, I mean, if you don't mind talking about some of the, a little bit about, so Nats does 15,000 um, student auditions a year. And I was on a different podcast not too long ago, and uh, and they said 1,500 because they thought that was a misprint. It couldn't possibly oh be 15,000. But it is 15,000. 
And we expect that these categories for children and youth are going to bring in new Nats members because children love to get together and sing mm-hmm. for each other. Mm-hmm. And I just see things bursting wide open with this. But Nikki, talk a little bit about uh, repertoire for children because you oh. really are an expert on that. <laughs> well, thank you, Karen. I really appreciate that you uh, you asked me that. Um, the... The repertoire is always a challenge for young voices. Well, let's back up. Choosing appropriate repertoire for a singer can be a challenge, right? There's just so many things that we have to think about, the voice type, the, you know, their level, their personalities, there's just so much. But when you're dealing with children, um, you have to kind of take into consideration where they are developmentally, um, and but their personalities are are still wherever they are, are still big and beautiful and they do need to express themselves authentically. So at Full Voice Music, we're really fortunate because we work with children's composers uh, to craft music that is not only appropriate for children, but that children really love to sing. And we take into consideration all sorts of parameters like range, appropriate range, um, uh, the accompaniment, how, how complex the accompaniment may be. Um, we, we work really closely with incredible people. We of course have Donna Rodenizer who is brilliant and has written for children for decades. And we have, um, one of our new composers is a, um, a preschool music educator, and he runs programs for preschool children. And he's award-winning and just a beautiful human who writes songs that I would love to sing. I said that to him the other day. If I was doing a jazz trio, I would throw in some of Ben's songs into my set because they're so beautifully written and they're appropriate for an adult to sing, but they're beautiful for children to sing. That's not easy to do. So we no we're, we we are very fortunate, and that is one of our goals: is to make make music more accessible and fun and educational. And of course, we work with musicians um, and we create backing tracks and we want it to be really uh, enjoyable for the for the teachers to work on that repertoire. And then, of course, the defining factor of whether or not one of our songs gets published is whether or not the child likes it. So we have actually, we've rewritten songs where kids weren't really loving it to make sure that they loved it. And we've, we've also chosen not to publish certain songs because it just didn't have that magic that made a child light up. There's a, there's a, there's a light bulb and a smile that has to happen before we publish our music. And, um, it's been, it's been a real joy. I mean, it's funny when people ask me, so what do you do? And I'm like, oh, well, we publish children's music. And oh, and then you have to say, yeah, we're working on a song about a hamster named Pickles. And people look at you kind of funny when you talk about that repertoire. But um, the other thing I wanted to say, and I wanted to let people know, we, uh, as a publishing company, reevaluated um, the standard for royalties and one of the things that we do with our our composers is they are paid a living wage and we reevaluated the the 
the royalty structure, the percentages structure, and we wanted to make sure that our composers were properly compensated for their time and their talent. And we're really excited about changing that, those standards for publishing and, and for living composers, supporting our living composers. So, um, but repertoire, repertoire for, for children is, is challenging. I, 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 that's it. Finding those special pieces can be hard, but when you do, when you have a child that truly loves that piece that they're singing, expressive singing, that magic that you see, that it's just, it's beautiful. You just, it's just a different experience for the audience, for the student, for the teachers. It's just wonderful. So. And this is a wonderful thing about Nats and taking on new initiatives and the integrity of people like Nikki Loney. And I just wanted to mention some of the other people on our little subcommittee. Mm -hmm. um, we have spent, I mean, if you accumulate the hours, it's hundreds and hundreds of hours. And this is what people need to know goes into every step of Nats when we're doing something new. Um, but also we have Heidi Wiley and Dana Lentini. And Dana has published through Hal Leonard. And I think she's got some her own book out there about that, which I've read. And um, then also David Manel, myself, and Dan Johnson Wilmot, and Alisa Bellflower, often also Mark McQuaid, who is um is has a, a job with Nats uh, for um, student auditions and competitions. And then, as you said, Nikki, Alan Henderson gets to just about every meeting he, he could does. possibly get to. I don't know how he does it all, but um, he, he is a rock, really a wonderful rock. Um, I just wanted to, to speak to that. Um, what's interesting about the committee is you have um, Heidi, who's a classroom teacher, and mm -hmm. and then you have you know Dana and I who are are private teachers but also involved more in the publishing side of things and then you have Dan, uh, Dan has a young boys choir so he's got that choral background so I'm the committee is such a wide variety of uh, uh, professionals and it has been really interesting to get the perspective of the classroom teacher, the choral teacher, the private teacher. And I really, I think that speaks to Nat's uh, um, uh, dedication to being as inclusive as possible and getting that feedback from all sorts of professionals. You know, another interesting thing about us doing children and youth categories in all these different genres is um, it becomes, it can become sort of a family project or a studio project or a just a group project for kids to get together and all be going to present themselves in front of um, adjudicators and do their very best. And not everybody gets to do something like that. Um, and that's why we want to make it as open as we possibly can, because my goal has always been there was a seven up commercial that said I'd like to teach the world to sing, <laughs> you know, and so um, I'm doing it one person at a time. <laughs> and, and we're going to hit them younger and younger to be singing. And because you carry that through your entire life, it's, it really is, we are living instruments. We're not an, we're not something outside of ourselves. We're it. 
and we get to experience ourselves at every single age. And I'm the same person who used to be able to do a cartwheel, okay? But And I'm the same person who's saying kumbaya and still does, you know? And so there's things that carry through melodies, activities, um, and sometimes it connects back beautifully to music, which I think is so neat. Um, I also wanted to just talk about one of our big discussions that Nikki and I and Elisa and Dana and Heidi and Dan and uh, have been a part of is what are the adjudicators looking for and how can parents help their young singers understand what they are? And so um, buy this and jump in whenever you want. But um, we talk about tone and this is in everybody, this is in all levels of Nats, not just the children and youth, but then you've got the high school and you've got the um, college age, you've got graduate students, you've got then um, older adults, um, younger adults as well. And so we get, like to talk about the tone and what is that? And we're gonna talk about breath and alignment. How do we say that in just the perfect number of words so that the parents and the children have an idea of, and maybe that will encourage them to work on that more too. Just having these rubrics that they can go by and diction and text. What's the difference between diction and text? Um, and then what is, how's your musicianship? You know, can, can somebody read notes or can you learn notes by hearing them and then you sing them? And so that's an oral skill in its in and of itself. And then what to a young child or youth is artistry, which is a lot different than somebody who is a graduate in a vocal performance field or in music theater. Uh, and then how is the ensemble, which would be with whoever is playing for you, be it piano or whatever, um, all of those things are taken into consideration um, as far as your overall performance. And it's good for people to start learning what are the elements that we put together. And you start to see a huge value in all of that that actually can um, prepare you for other things in life, too, to be able to stand up there and present yourself well and talk comfortably or seemingly comfortably to people. Um, we see a lot of times it's our singers who learn that first and foremost, or actors learn this a lot, too. And those two go to the, together very well. I like that you spoke to that. Um, the I I remember those meetings very well, and it's challenging to explain some of those concepts in a way for for a young child, um, but also parents. And that's one of the things that uh, we were we talked a lot about is how do we how do we communicate what we are doing to families to parents because unlike an an older student that would be competing as an adult, families are involved. They're, they're the ones that are driving them to the lessons and driving them to the competitions. So um, th they really need to be included in the um, educating part uh, and understanding what adjudicators are looking at. We also had a lot of conversations about helping the adjudicators understand uh, how to present information to to a younger person. And, and uh, uh, Alisa, maybe you would speak to that. 
Well, the purpose of our rubrics is to remind the adjudicators who are writing comments and if the teacher chooses, giving the audition a score. The teacher can choose to have a student entered into the National Association of Teachers of Singing's National Student Auditions and just check a little box when they enter them that they just want the student to sing for comments only. And then they don't receive a score, but they see the adjudicator's feedback on what they heard and observed when they auditioned. And so our goal is to speak to the student in the comments, not the teacher. And so in the comments, the adjudicators are learning to adjust their language to speak in terms that students can understand. So instead of tone, somebody might write something about the sound of your voice you know, is is so clear and ringing, you know, as a compliment or in terms of the diction, I understood every word you sang instead of using the word diction, you know, in terms of artistry, you, you might say, I really believe the story your song told. And so just talking in a language that helps the student appreciate what you're addressing, or it might be something as, whoops, you forgot a you forgot a couple of words, but yay for you! Your memorization kicked back in, and you were able to finish the song beautifully. You know, we don't we're not looking for perfection; we're looking for art, and that you you're sharing your heart through the sound of your voice and music. And so, when we talk about musicianship, we're talking about. Singing, you know, singing in the center of the pitch, making the notes line up in a way that is what the composer intended when he heard the song in his head as he was writing it for us to, to sing. And so I think that idea makes the comments also um easier for the parents to understand what the judges are listening to when they're hearing the stu- their child sing. And I think there is a little bit of a mentality about that some people love competition. I think it has a lot to do with how the parents um, love competition or not. or And then some people are, are very anti-competition. And the one thing I want to share is you can enter Nats and sing and get comments and choose not to compete. You know, you can choose to get a score. And then usually, I think all the teachers sit down after the auditions and talk to the students about whatever that element of competition is. If it's too aggressive, then maybe helping the student find a more positive path through that. But the idea is that the comments are addressed in a language that the students can understand or that with a short conversation with their voice teacher, they can understand exactly what that adjudicator was hearing and talking about in their comments. And we also use in Nats the word student auditions, not student competition. Um, And that's because it's for everybody and it's equally for everybody. And we don't call it judging, we call it adjudication, which is more uh, offering comments that are helpful. So I really like that too. I just wanted to mention also, um, Nats 
for those of who are for those who are listening and may not know, we have different levels. There's the chapter level, which is close to home. There's the region level, which expands that area and includes numerous chapters in that region. And then there's the national level too. Um, and we have a website, which Elisa has mentioned, the nats.org, N-A-T-S.org. And on that, we will be putting up uh, resources to help uh, children and youth and parents and guardians and teachers of singing to know more about every all of this new category of children and youth. And so some of the things through the years We've done summer workshops, some of which have had presentations, and we did video recordings of those. So there is a list of those on the uh, online. Also, we have a journal because we're a professional organization. We have the Journal of Singing, and that goes back many, many decades. Um, we're, we're 75, we're almost 80 years old now with uh, Nats. And um, through that, there's been pretty consistently some sort of a, the bulletin it used to be called. Now it's called the Journal of Singing. But there's a there is a good number of uh, articles about children and adolescence, the change that happens for females and for males. And so you can read a lot more about it. And maybe you're one of those people like I became, I didn't come this way, that I got curious and I started reading article after article about children and youth for my book. Uh, and prior to that, for presentations I was doing. And it's fun to get that curious. And then sometimes they end up being a Nikki Loney or a Dana Lentini and they go the gamut with it. You know, and so that is exciting. And we know there's lots of other information out there as well, you know, but um, it's just amazing what it's so fun to learn about these things, too. Um, also, I should say that there is um, these competitions are not competitions. I want to emphasize that they are adjudication for the goodness and well-being of people who love to sing and want to continue to sing. And within that, this did not, the children and youth categories arose from a chapter in Nats or chapters that decided our kids want to do this too. And so they just created one. So we didn't decide, you know, in our, in our committee that we're going to have this happen. Somebody just did it. And we learned from them, which is so often the case, and that, yes, we should be adding these. And so we thank you to those people who are part of that uh, instinct to make this come up from the chapter level. And now it's going to resound nationally uh, and actually internationally, too. So it's uh, we are the only organization in the world that does this kind of um opportunity for young people to be adjudicated and to sing for each other and to sing for comments. One thing I wanted to add is there are 14 regions in the United States and Canada. Um, and then there is a 15th region, which is an international region for people who aren't geographically close to an ATS region, you can join the inter 15th international region and participate um, 
in that region. So there is a place for everyone, even if you don't have a NATS organization that is located geographically close to you. Um, and I think that that makes it available for anyone who's interested, no matter where they live. And this summer, we are leaving on um, June 1st. There's about 16 of us are going to travel to England for our second um, Nats pedagogy trip, this time to England. Last time we went to Germany. And we will be having a conference with um, the British Voice Association, the um, European Voice Teachers Association, and the Association of Teachers of Singing in England. Um, and it's going to be over 100 people, and we're bringing some of the top names, one of them, Graham Welch, another one, David Howard, who are absolutely pivotal in children and youth singing, are going to be there. Uh, and we're going to have a, a two-day mini-conference, um, and it's going to be called Global Connections, The Wisdom Among Us. And so that's a beautiful thing with NATS. It doesn't have to be a, an international conference or anything, but when we gather, we like to talk shop. <laughs> and it's a very good thing at all of these um, all of these auditions. We get together and we network. And so do the children and so will the parents. So Oh, so inspiring. You know, I want to um I want to speak to last year's convention was just so inspiring because it was about singing through the ages and and family music and children music and music for a lifetime and I it was it was wonderful just to to experience that that expansion of of everyone in that inclusion and diversity and and oh just so much. Um there are uh, there are a lot of there's a lot of information on the website, and I will make sure that in the show notes, I am going to put links to all of the direct information about the national student auditions, about the new categories. And uh, I know that we are going to be adding resources or links to current resources in that information for teachers who want more information about working with uh, younger singers or want more information about the, um, the auditions themselves. I am excited. I think that this is a beautiful opportunity for teachers, for students, for families to learn more about the art of singing. And uh, I, I'm also excited for families to learn more so that they can continue to support their kids through their learning, through their journey. Um, is there any last last comments or inspiration you'd like to leave everyone with? I'll let Alisa go first. I, I think it's important if there is a voice teacher listening, whether they're a NATS member or not, and they're considering this, to know that when we're talking about the auditions for youth and children, their audition time is six to eight minutes long. So we want to meet six minutes but not exceed eight minutes in the audition. So we're not talking about, you know, giving a mini recital um, if you want to participate in the auditions. And that depending on the length of the songs, the students are invited to sing in their audition um, two or three. So if they're a little longer, maybe two songs. If they're a little shorter, maybe three songs. 
And we're just asking that the teachers consider, which I think all teachers do, the age appropriateness of the repertoire that the students bring to the audition because we feel like the teachers know best and we're bowing to the teacher's discretion about the songs that that they send their students to perform in the auditions. And, you know, then they can choose their age level category and then which style of rep the student's going to be bringing, whether it's going to fit within the classical repertoire, commercial music repertoire, not necessarily contemporary. They could sing a jazz song from the 1920s. You know, there are plenty of really fun novelty numbers from the early 20th century that are great for kids. And um, then um, whether they want to do musical theater, which there are children performing on Broadway, you know, and then there are children who sing musical theater for their own pleasure. And um, we are bowing to the teacher's discretion on what that music is with just the teacher's discretion about whether or not the repertoire is age appropriate. And I think giving the teachers that discretion is bowing to their expertise and their knowledge of each of their students. Mm. That's, that's well, uh, I think that's a, a wonderful invitation. Personally, that's, that's a, I like that we are doing, giving the teachers the ownership of that choice. Um, Karen, you wanted to add something. I just want to say, I think this is, this kind of singing this way branches way beyond adjudication. It branch, it goes into people's lives. It is a spirit of sharing. It is a spirit of opportunity. It is a spirit of presenting yourself, your best selves uh, forward. And that means from you supporting other people. Uh, if you're a child supporting fellow singers, parents supporting children, friends supporting friends, um, it's just a very good thing to sing. One thing that I really love about the spirit in auditions is singers supporting other singers. Mm, when yes. I've adjudicated auditions, so many times, you know, other students from the studio who know each other come and they're just practically singing with them in spirit from the audience, <laughs> not audibly, but in their hearts, you know, you know, and oh, to hear them as they're leaving the room. Oh, you did so great. And, and just to be excited to support each other in that way and to care about somebody else's art is something that is a lifelong benefit. I can't imagine who I would be without singing in my life. And I know it's that way for so many others. And both Elisa and I and you, Nikki, you've seen lives changed because of learning songs and sharing yourself. I have had several students respond to me and their time singing that through singing, they grew to know themselves better and increased their belief in themselves and what was possible in their lives. Oh. Beautiful. And I don't, I think that art, in particular singing, because it is so personal since you are your instrument, um, offers a wonderful self actualization experience. Um, and it's just an honor to be somebody's teacher. Mm, I agree. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I have a shoebox stuffed. 
with thank you notes from students, but beautiful notes. The ones that always touch me are the ones from the parents thanking, thanking me for giving their child space and helping build their confidence. And uh, that is a treasured little shoebox I have of beautiful testaments to the, the power and the, the service that we provide and the life-changing moments that we have with, with young people. And it's a joy. And I'm, I'm thrilled that Nats has opened the doors to, to younger voices and teachers who work with younger voices. And I do want to thank uh, both of you first for being here and sharing every, with everybody this wonderful opportunity. But I also want to thank you for your service. You both have been giving your time, your talent, your passion, and overseeing so many programs and people and all of that. It's a truly, truly a gift to our industry, to our friends and colleagues. So thank you for that. And I would love for both of you to come back where I can just speak and, and discuss your passion. Um, uh, Elisa, you are a teaching artist, a director, a producer, uh, a professor. You wear so many hats. And Karen, I mean, I just want to get together with you and sing the mamas and papas with you and then talk all about <laughs> singing for like hours. So uh, thank you both of you so much. I am going to put um this is a this is a question for the for the the uh, information at the uh, on the show notes. If teachers want to reach out with questions, where would they best do that if they have questions about the upcoming um, auditions? They should probably they send can, them to Dan Johnson Wilmot or to Elisa. Yeah, they can send them to me and I'll okay. share them with our, we call it the NSA team, all the people who participate in the actual functioning of the day-to-day -day okay. life of the auditions. And um, I'll be happy to take those. And um, my um, Nat's web address, email address is the best one to do. I think it's just, what is it? VP auditions, VP auditions at Nats.org. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, if you use that, then that'll make sure that I get them. I'm going to put all of that information on the show notes. And uh, again, thank you, both of you, for being here as guests on the podcast. I hope we can do this again. And I am wishing you a fabulous season of singing. And I will, uh, I will talk to you both soon. <laughs> A very special thank you to Karen and Elisa for that lovely conversation. It's so wonderful to work with like-minded professionals and to to be part of, uh, of the upcoming opportunities uh, for our singers and for teachers. On the show notes, you will find all the links and all the information that you need to get more information about Nats, about the Nats uh, National Student Auditions. And uh, if you need to reach out, you can uh, send an email directly to Elisa. My friend and colleague, I am sending you a big hug from Hemford Forest, Nova Scotia. And as always, I am wishing you inspired teaching 
and happy singing.